Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment. It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment. Hi, real quick. Sorry about the delay. Uh, have you ever been somewhere and it's been all on fire? Because uh, that's what was happening with the show. Uh, so I apologize for the technical difficulties with us getting started. But we are here now. So hello and welcome to Champions of Psychology, a show with the goal of openly talking about mental health and gaming presented by Codename Entertainment and TakeThis.org. Every Tuesday at... 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time here on twitch.tv slash Games or later on your favorite podcast service. Mitra Jordan and Rafael Bucamazzo, a.k.a. Dr. B, talk about mental health and these unprecedented times as well as how gaming affects us. Uh, if you hear this live in the chat, you can leave a question that I, Trevor Bettis, will ask them later in the show. Uh, and our topic today is going to be uh, gaming with partners. Uh, I will say because we're starting later, we might not get to questions, but please still put them in there and I'll try to... Uh, go get them in as we're talking uh but uh until then uh who are you fine folks for the people at home who may not know i'm Mitra jordan and i also apologize for the quality of my sound right now in case it doesn't come out sounding as how it usually does um i'm a therapist in private practice in victoria bc and i often work with couples and families um, so this question is going to be a lot of fun today. How do we go in with our partners? Yeah. And this fine gentleman is... I'm Dr. B, or Rafael Bocamazzo, but everybody calls me Dr. B for long Italian name reasons. I am a non-practicing doctor of clinical psychology and the clinical director over at TakeThis.org, as well as an expert on the applied use of games, role-playing games, things like that in clinical and learning settings. And I, you know, also do some streaming on my own, chill, body-doubling study sessions. Uh, but yeah, we're... But we're talking about bringing your partners in yeah. to either gaming or just, you know, couch co-op or whatever. Uh, Mitra, what's up? Yes. What's up? Well, this is such a fantastic topic because it it uh, it you can expand it out to think about your hobbies and the things that you love that you want to introduce your partner to, um, the friends who play those games if it's games, um, and how do we do this in a way that's going to support our relationship and our sense of fun together and expand the worlds we share without putting our partners on the spot, without putting our friends on the spot in some uncomfortable way, um, and without turning them off games. What if your partner isn't interested in gaming with you? What do you do then? So that's what we're aiming to look at today. Also, so, the normal tech fire of our audio desyncing is still happening, but God. bear with us. Awesome. I apologize. <laughs> um, <laughs> But so Mitra, I, I guess it's a really good idea for me to be dating someone for about, you know, a month and then just say, you should join my three-year-old Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Oh. I, mean, I wonder how many enthusiasm. people in the chat just cringed. 
<laughs> I'm sure they had a physical response to that. <laughs> uh, this is the, yeah, this is like one of those situations where you're like, you know, you have two people and you're like, you're the same age. Surely you share the same interests. But really, it's that, you know, I'm with someone, I'm in a relationship with them. Surely they want to engage in entering my world, if you will, and, and my interests. And what if, and there's a kind of panic that can set in for people, what if we're really not interested in the same things? What if they aren't interested in gaming? What does that mean for the relationship um, for some people? that's going to be a real issue in the relationship because this is an important part of your sense of community, maybe. So. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, one of the things that was really clear to me as we were talking about this yesterday is this is not something that is specifically limited to gaming. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of interpersonal and self-identity dynamics that we're talking about here that are, going to be relatable to things outside of gaming but i i think one of one of the interesting things about bringing your partner into the world of gaming if they're not already is one we tend to be real enthusiastic about it <laughs> real enthusiastic real enthusiastic like very enthusiastic i <laughs> let me you tell you my group <laughs> yeah, uh, let me tell you about this new combination I just figured out in the latest Street Fighter game because, man, it took me a while to figure out. It's, we get really enthusiastic about this, this sort of thing, and it's, I, I think, so normal and everyday baseline to us that many of us don't think about how it's not the experience that other people have mm -hmm. and this is a whole different world to them it's not like you're going to a band uh, see a band you've never heard before with your significant other um but, but Raphael, are you saying that you don't want to know about my elf bard <laughs> i would i would love to hear about I'm your elf so bard. much to share about my elf bard <laughs> I, or what college are we talking about here uh See, so no. you haven't gotten that far into the character creation. No, That's have, cool. I <laughs> but I can't remember if it's called charisma. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like going in College of Swords because swashbuckling is fun. I'm the words person. I'm a words person. <laughs> oh, glamour. Yes. Mm. But what are the hazards? What like yeah. what what are the what are the hazards of bringing our partners into this sort of thing? So many. <laughs> Well, okay, first yeah. of all, first of all, say you've had a very established gaming group, right? Um, yes. Whether it's um, video games, whether it's like, you know, at one point you played an MMORPG and you have a guild and you play at a fairly high level together and you'd really like your partner to give it a try, right? That applies to these kinds of online groups that we form that maybe we've had, you know, a Sunday afternoon game for the last five years, and certainly it applies to our D and D group, right? Meet mm -hmm. around the table once a week. Um, COVID times being what they are, people have still found ways to be in each other's bubbles and and meet even before we were vaccinated. So you've got an established group, group you've kept going. You have a new ish partner. Maybe you've been together just a couple of months. You'd love for them to meet your friends. You'd love for them to get a taste of your life. You'd love to also understand maybe where they sit in terms of games and gaming, mm -hmm. you know? So what do you do? 
how do you do this in a way that's not going to make the people in your group or your partner feel forced or alienated? Because that's one of the biggest pitfalls, right? Yeah. I am going to immediately invite them into my MMO guild. And uh, even though they've never played before. And we are going to go on a very difficult raid. And I'm going to let my partner fend for themselves, having never played this game before. Give them a level uh, boost so there's a lot of powers that they have no idea how to use. Right, right. Yep. That's my current plan. Nature, <laughs> where did I go wrong? Well, you first went wrong by expecting them to dive into a well-established world and situation that they have never encountered before. Mm-hmm. And this is not dissimilar to, bizarrely, this is of course a more extreme example, but imagine if you had a long distance relationship and now your partner has moved to your city. Mm-hmm. There is so much for them to adjust to mm-hmm. and figure out. And you're saying you should just essentially jump into my world here with my friends and, and my life and the things that interest me and you should somehow embrace that and make it yours. So you're right. coming in, you're coming in with an agenda, right? Mm-hmm. What's your agenda? If you were to put that into words, what do you think your agenda would be? Well, uh, they wanted to enjoy my world so they can join my world. End of story. <laughs> right. Okay. So your agenda is to share an identity as a couple and have them be as excited about these things that, that you're excited about. You want them to be part of your world. Right. They've never done this before, but they should have just as much enthusiasm that I've built up over the last several decades. Mm-hmm. Right. And we see, we can see how unreasonable that sounds. This seems very reasonable to me. <laughs> I can't even keep a straight face as I'm I know, right? This. this seems reasonable. But hey, they want to do this. It. Yeah. It, it, it's, to me, it's kind of the, like, um, wanting it all. Where it's like, I want to have this new partner, but I also want to have all of the gaming things that I had going on previously, so I'll just try to combine the two. Um, it does not always work well. <laughs> and by and Especially at that early stage, it most of the time doesn't really work well. No, it's like being thrown into grade th- 10 math when you, you know, when you've never done math before mm-hmm. or something it's like being thrown into the deep end of, of any ah, experience <laughs> yeah it's like starting a new job but not being told what to do but people expect that you'll somehow understand because you know everyone's played games right um, and we know how different some games can be and we also know that some people have very different game playing styles you know for instance in our campaign at home we don't um allow any pvp between players we want if somebody's playing an npc character that's different but um we want our player characters to get to gel as a group and get to support each other as a group and this is maybe not how everyone plays the game but that's kind of a rule at our table mm-hmm. um so if you were to come into a game um, it would be reassuring, I imagine, to know that. Mm-hmm. So setting those ground rules around how we're going to play and the culture of our play is really important. We once had a player join our um, a group for a one or two shot deal, um, and they immediately started to PvP the other character oh. who happened to be their wife, and this right. went super poorly. <laughs> and we we sort of worked through it, but it's like. Uh, it, it was clear that there was a not a fit in their game playing styles. 
and also the game playing stage that they were at, because that person had had D&D groups in the past, had played quite a bit, their partner had not. And there's an important place there where we need to check into our partners why. So hold on, hold on. They want from games. This sounds like you're getting on the whole communication bandwagon. <gasps> communication. I am. I am talking to your partner. Oh I believe God. other people should know my needs, and I should not have to tell them my needs, and they should meet them. That is a big central issue in relationships, right there. So much. Okay, you know, I'm actually. Let me step out of this character for a moment. People in chat were loving it. Hi. Um, so, lessons I've learned being autistic in a neurotypical world. Hey, neurotypicals, y'all are weird. Okay. Odo. Throwing out hints. Hold on. Hold on a sec. Okay, no, we're back. For some reason, I laughed so hard. I unplugged my headphones, which then ruined the stream apparently for a moment. Oh, no, God. I have been I have been yeah, silenced by the neurotypical by the neurotypical conspiracy. <laughs> um, I, I hope I hope we're back. Uh, people are <laughs> laughing, so apparently it did. I, uh, I I'll be more careful with my headphones now. Explit, forgive me. I'm sorry. Well, okay. I can't even use my mic this session, so clearly there's something going wrong. Yeah, no, th th this is the cursed episode, <laughs> people. Why is it the one I come back to? I don't to know. Away for two weeks. Uh, I don't know. Okay, well, it didn't drop. Nicholas so Cage knows. <laughs> oh, no, not the duck. Anywho, without without Nicholas Cage. <laughs> Continue what you were talking about. Right, well, it's right. the so, the amount of it. It's always baffled me as someone who has uh, who dates and has been taught neurotypical standards of dating, but it does not fluently speak neurotypical. The amount of implied messages that I'm I'm expected to understand from partners is just mind-boggling to me and we see the same we see the same thing in all areas of life but it becomes especially hazardous when it comes to situations like bringing them into new friend groups and i say that both from professional and personal mistakes mm -hmm. Absolutely. i have done this on on numerous occasions where i didn't think about my agenda in bringing the person in i just had this idea of oh my friends should meet new girlfriend or you know whatever like the and just this really overly simplistic not well thought out dynamic i didn't lay any foundational work i didn't lay any um i didn't have these discussions ahead of time about playing styles or aims for the meeting or even preparation for this sort of thing and it became uncomfortable for everybody me my partner uh my my group it it i it, yeah I, mm, mm. I i regret a few things i learned <laughs> from them but boy, yeah yeah Communicate, people. Absolutely. So let's touch on those things in order. First of all, there's the piece around being neurotypical versus not neurotypical and some of the misunderstandings that can arise um, by implied messages that you're expected to pick up. Okay. And I'm also going to bring culture into this because the mm -hmm. messages, because culturally, you know, if we're in a cross-cultural relationship, there are definitely messages 
I might pick up or not pick up. And for a second, let's look at games and gaming culture. Mm. Um, when you have a group that you game with, that you've maybe gamed with for a long time, you also develop a culture of, of in-jokes, of ideas, yeah. of having worked things out together. Your partner is also not going to be familiar mm -hmm. with that culture. So we have a whole lot of things that we may be implicit to us that we're not communicating to our, our partner or that we haven't figured out how to communicate to our partner, that we also maybe aren't communicating about or with our partner to the group that we're bringing them into. Because we all know what it's like to meet the parents for the first time or meet the friends for the first time with a new partner. And we know there's kind of a process of getting to know each other, of getting to know each other's worlds, each other's experience, each other's cultures, right? Um, and games can be a wonderful way to help bridge that because games have specific rules and that sharing of those rule sets can decrease the social anxiety we might feel in these new situations. So they're helpful, but we need to think about two things. First of all, what kind of games are going to be more welcoming? And if we're bringing our partners into something complex and big, like D&D, with all of its rule sets and its dice and its interpretations that the DM will set and that the party will agree to and also share in, that's a very different thing because that is a massive world that they are entering with us. That we may have a lot of experience <laughs> in this territory and they may have none to very little or they may have very different experience if they have played D&D before with their group. And so there's a lot that you want to unpack there in order to make the experience for them a good one. One of the things that you said yesterday that I really appreciated, and we, we touched on this a little bit earlier before I just got completely ridiculous about it, what is the idea of really having an agenda uh -huh. for why you're doing things? Because just meeting each other is really vague yeah but if if the idea is just to meet your friends for the first time is introduce if you are really clear about that one question i would um i learned to ask of myself but also i i think could be helpful for others to ask is is there a more efficient way to meet that goal that if if i am if i am trying to just help my friends meet my new partner there are so many more simple less complicated ways to do that mm -hmm. to let and to, and to actually let them get to know each other in a personal way because stepping into a two-year-old campaign is not a great way to get to know people as people you know on their in their personal selves um there are more simple ways of doing that than bringing them into this complex game with literal role-playing going on uh, that, I mean, you can have some fun experiences, but yeah. Yeah, I think imagining how a partner might experience the role-play of a D&D &D group, particularly if they don't have the experience with it, and particularly if they don't know the people doing the role-play, right. how are you going to tell the difference between right. the role-play and the actual person, first mm -hmm. of all? How comfortable will it be for your D&D &D group to role play in front of your partner? Yeah. 
you know, yeah. this might be something that they that individual members have been more or less secure about, you know, over time. Yep. Um, so you're really putting people on the spot when you put them in a situation like that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I mean, like, just think about, uh, you know, if you bring a new partner to like the bar that you and your friends always hang out at and there's a big group of your friends there or like, let's put it you in this situation, your partner brings you there. And you've never met these people. You're in a bar. There's situations. There's in jokes. There's everything going on that you don't understand. But now, on top of that, put a mechanical rule set, an yeah. entire fantasy world to learn, and uh, uh, pretty much two people per person to meet because you got to meet that person and the yeah. person that person's <laughs> character. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I am not a fan funny. of this method any longer of of meeting your friends this way. No, it's too complicated no. and. Um, I, I mean, I mean, I made a joke about this earlier about expecting the other person to have just as much enthusiasm yeah. for a topic that I've built up over literal decades and they should have it instantly. That takes time to build. Mm -hmm. And it's 100% unreasonable to expect somebody to come in knowing all the ins and outs. Yeah. I, like, do, do you feel that there is a difference if said person is already familiar with the game? like oh sure yeah so so if they're an experienced role player then that takes away one of the factors we're talking about okay i i i want to clear that up to maybe people in chat of like maybe if uh if, if they are familiar with role playing or like even if they are like if it's an mmo or something like that if they do understand mm -hmm. that and whatnot then it is just a point of relation Absolutely. I mean, if somebody is an experienced gamer, you know, with a group of their own, maybe even, or they had one, but, you know, circumstances mean that that's fallen apart or whatever, um, and they've had no time in their lives, but now you and they have gotten together, um, they have a language that they can, uh, that you and they can both share, right? And that's a very different thing. Now, you still need to negotiate how you want to play, how you want to play now at this point in your lives, um, what you want to include in your play, what's going to work, how much time you can dedicate to it. All of these things are still negotiations that you will make. Um, and there needs to also be respect if for some reason or another, um, you have your group and you want to play with them more um, than they are able to. How do you negotiate that? That Again, that's both time, but also the energy I spend with my D&D group, say, um, that you don't have or you can't give at this point. So, But it's easier if we speak that language. So with right. a partner who's never played games before and uh, maybe hasn't had a family that played games, maybe had to deal with a whole bunch of things in their life that didn't allow for the time um, and energy to play, this is a whole other thing. Um, and learning to play games as an adult, if you know we really didn't get to do much of that as a child, is a, is a different process that you're entering into with that person. Mm -hmm. And you want it to be as stress-free as possible. Otherwise, it can just feel like a hurdle they have to cross or a test they have to pass to be in your life. Mm -hmm. Well, and one of the things, uh, one of the things that I, I think we need to we need to consider in all this is the fact that if you are there to guide someone into playing a game for the first time, you are also not going to get to play the game the same way you are used to doing it, because you now have an additional task. Yeah. Um, the, an example was brought up in the chat about 
going to any sort of sports game with someone who's super enthusiastic and you don't know what's going on. Oh, I would also tell them don't bring them there. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's um, I, I will tell you uh, in Seattle, I mean, Seahawks games, home tickets have been sold out since I believe 2004. Like mm -hmm. they have consistently sold out every game since 2004. Um, Seahawks fans are ravenous. And I have been to one. I have been to one in-person football game for the Seahawks in my life. I will not do it again. Mm -hmm. um, it is a very different experience in person than watching on TV. And part of the in-person experience is there are a lot of shared rule implied rules at the games, even beyond the mechanics mm -hmm. of the game itself. Um, and like, it, it was so baffling to me. And I could tell that the person who I was with, who was explaining every nuance to me, was not enjoying the game the same way they would. They were not relaxed about it. They couldn't just kick back and enjoy it. It, um, it really changed the dynamic for them and for me. I'm incredibly grateful to them because it was a serious sacrifice on their part to teach me all that stuff. But this is not something we always think about when mm -hmm. we bring people into an experience. Yeah. yeah. And as somebody points out in the chat, there's some experience, some uh, hobbies don't have to be shared because if, if I go play my game with my group and I come home and I'm feeling enriched and I'm feeling happy and you know that that's going to spill over yeah. into my life with my partner in a really positive way because mm -hmm. I've gotten some nourishment and I've brought something home to the relationship, which is a happier, more joyful self. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's, that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. So I, one of the ways you can be that guide, if you really want to be, is maybe you get together with some of your friends and your partner and um, you play a game together. You know, you try a couple of board games. Um, if they're not familiar with games, maybe you go cooperative versus competitive. Um, maybe you talk to your partner ahead of time about what kinds of games they feel like playing. Maybe there's a two-person version of that game that yeah. you could try out. Mm -hmm. So getting them comfortable with games and gameplay to start with can be really helpful. Yeah. And also, since I see uh, Sarah Dactyl in the chat and Dr. Rachel Cohort was here last week spilling on uh, what it's like to play Mario Party with me, I'm <laughs> going to bring this up. Um, discussing ahead of time what is allowable conversation and how you will express yourself in terms of competitiveness is probably a good thing to front load. Um, I am a monster when it comes to certain games. Cyrodactyl in all caps, but structure. <laughs> I am an absolute monster. Okay. And people need to know this. Well, and I, there's a story. I've actually got a different story uh, about an ex of mine who played on her college paintball team at the same time that I was super into paintball. And we thought, oh my God, okay, we're, we, we both love paintball. We're going to have so much fun with this. We were both monsters on the paintball field and did not know this about each other. And we had to have a talk afterwards <laughs> af after I, uh, <laughs> I, I did something that was borderline questionable on the field and she was so angry at me so angry at me never let me forget it never let me forget it it can really get personal like i um i did grow up playing board games 
and some card games. But uh, as an only child uh, with some kind, with various kinds of chaos in my life as well, there were periods where there was no playing and then there were periods where there was some playing mostly with other, with adults rather than other kids um, and lots of stuff around, you know, that was, was easy. So what this, what this meant is that when I sat down to play games initially with my, with my husband, um, I realized that there were some things in which we were not a fit in terms of, of gameplay. Um, he's a super strategic player. Mm. So you, there's certain games that have some strategy and a lot of luck. And of course, as we know, some games have far more RNG. Um, my initial gameplay style, particularly when first playing games, is to jump in there, not care if I'm going to do stupid moves or not, and just do a thing. I don't really care what happens. Let's give Potion Explosion as an example. For those who have played it, um, you you if you're playing it um, with the board set up, because you can also play it on your iPad, um, you can or your notebook, you can pick it up. You pick up a a certain potion, which is actually a little round glass ball, and then all of the other potions kind of knock together, and you can take a certain amount, and this is how you you further the game by making up a bunch of potions with these ingredients that you pick up. Anyway, the point of all this is I would just go in there and just pick one up and just, we'll see what happens, see how many we get, see what you we can You caused chaos, didn't it's you? It's fun. I love the chaos. He will sit over it. Hmm. So if I get this too, if I get those two, this will happen. Then I have this potion. Then I can make this other one. Then I can, and it's like sometime today, please. <laughs> you know, I don't know how I'm responding. Why every time we do this, you know? So you have to, you have to either negotiate that where I'm like, okay, I know, I'm just going to check out for a minute. You know, he's doing this, or you learn to play strategically yourself because then you can actually beat the person. But that is a process. My starting point was to feel immediately hurt if he did a thing, like if he stole my ingredients or he did something, because there's all kinds of things, as we all know in gameplay, that you can do to make the opponent's position harder. Mm -hmm. We can kick them back to the starting point. You know, we can do some move that's going to really, they're going to absolutely be crushed. And that's all within the gameplay. And I had to figure out whether I was someone who could tolerate that kind of gameplay who could do a lot of PVP within a game. Mm -hmm. And that's going to not, not filter to my life afterwards, that the drive home wasn't going to involve me sulking. <laughs> that as I get into bed next to my partner, I'm not still, what did you do to me? You know? <laughs> so, How dare you? <laughs> I, Wait till I, next time. <laughs> so. I actually had that exact problem with my ex-wife. <laughs> the one time we played Munchkin. Oh no! Yeah, no. I didn't realize how personally she was going to take it. That game's messed up. <laughs> no, I know it's. Listen, I love I, that game. It was so messed up. Love that game, I, but yes. <laughs> Adventures of Tony. Listen, I was young and naive. All right. <laughs> I. It's. It. It. I, I. It was in the rules that you're trying to mess with each other. And you're trying to stab each other metaphorically in the back. But unfortunately, there were four people at the table. Three of us had played the game before. My ex-wife had not. And she took it very personally. I, mm, uh, I, I want to... These were... Oh, go ahead. These were not limits we discussed ahead of time. Mm -hmm. 
uh, uh, Garwar uh, says, I may have missed this, uh, but uh, thought, uh, thoughts on games like Overcooked, Communication Builders, or Relationship Enders. It is yes. not the first one. Uh, I can tell you that it, my, my wife and I are both former restaurant employees, and those restaurants worked very differently. <laughs> And uh yeah we 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 uh that that game has has is difficult. Uh, <laughs> um, that, that game brings up another thing that you may or may not be good at. Aside from the actual um yeah. timing and speed and I need three burgers or whatever it is, right? Cuz I've played it too. That game involves direction. Mhm. Mm yeah. Am I going left or right? Oh yeah, and, it, and it's, it's horrendous for me. It's horrendous <laughs> for me cuz like yeah. Like I, yeah, it's, I, I will forget by the time I get to that window where the heck the onions were. I will not, it's like, oh, it's on the left. So I go this way. <laughs> um, now you're by the tomatoes instead. Yeah, That's so unhelpful. It, it yeah. hurts me. Uh, let's yeah. take a very quick break to remind our viewers and listeners of our disclaimer and then come back with a little more discussion before wrapping the show up for Bardic Inspiration. Be right back. Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment. It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment. Okay, uh, coming back, I, I, I did want to talk about uh, kind of take the conversation back to communication and mainly the form of communication that it's okay to say hey i don't fit in this group uh Absolutely. hey i'm not having fun in this group i'm glad that you do but i do not um because it because just because you even if you do take all of the like even if you take all the correct steps of introducing your partner to your group or whatnot the, the, they might not be a good fit for each other. Yeah. Absolutely. And and that doesn't mean that you and your group maybe can't play other games with yeah. your partner. Can't do barbecues, can't have fun, can't pull out a board game or two, can't go play pool, can't, you know. Just because your D&D group has evolved a certain way that works for the group and nourishes you and is enriching and is enjoyable for you to play, mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be a fit. For your partner in all of those ways for your partnership to not be a good one yeah right? like like i will de yeah i definitely think that like that's one of the things that needs to be okay like it needs to be okay that your partner might not fit with your group your and and so on and whatnot like that's just how people are <laughs> well, exactly one of the things I think about when it comes to any relationship, and not just couples, but any relationship in general, is that you want to have like a Venn diagram. You want to have some overlaps, of course, because you need something in common. You need some sort of um, value or emotional or activity reciprocity on some level because relationships are a two-way thing. But you can't have the circles one on top of each other. Mm -hmm. There's a term in psychology for that, and it's called enmeshment. 
where right. you're not separate people anymore. And that's generally speaking, not healthy. No, in relationship, we want the opposite of that, which is called differentiation, where I can see that my feelings, emotions, style, and life is separate from my partner, where I can take that whatever happened in the gameplay and go, yeah, that was the game. And now real life, you know, and I want to be over here doing this thing and you want to be over here doing that thing and that there needs to be space for that in that Venn diagram. Yeah. The overlap's important. The separation is important and not taking things personally is doubly important. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, and this fits into, this fits into what Trevor was saying that sometimes we just won't enjoy the same things. Uh, a statement that I, I like to think about when I'm in a relationship is there's essentially three frames that I need to be working in. There's you, me, and we, yep. and, um, we need to be clear on all of that. Sometimes the activities I'm into are a me thing. Sometimes the activities she might be into are her thing. Um, but hopefully there's enough of a, we, mm -hmm. um, a sense of we that it's going to keep us going and keep things fun and helpful and it's okay that maybe dungeons and dragons isn't their jam yeah that's fine yeah and it might be that as time goes on uh, you're able to build a game or uh, a set of games or interests or a games gaming structure in your life that you do share mm -hmm. um one of the things that worked in, in my life, because I came into a relationship where, although my husband wasn't at that point playing, playing D&D had been a huge part of his life. And he'd had a group going for many years through high school and even university. Um, and then work and life got in the way. But it was a goal of his, in some ways, to engage in that world. But that was it. The goal was this broadly based, engage in that world, this matters, but without a specific agenda around, and you have to engage with me in this way. Mm -hmm. It was a like, here's this open space. If you want to join me in it, wonderful. Yeah. If you're not ready or able to do that, okay. For years, my kids and husband played together because not all of them could play. Sometimes one of them was too little and somebody needed to take care of the other stuff. And that fell to me. Mm -hmm. And that's okay too. You can be in your partner's world as a support in some way or another, if you wish to, you can be a witness if you want to, um, but you don't have to be engaged in all of it. Yeah. It's not all or nothing and you get to choose. Yeah. And part of that choice is also figuring out how important this is to you as a personal identity yeah. piece. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I mean, I've made jokes about this in going on like online dating sites and the amount of the amount of people in the Pacific Northwest who seem to center their lives around hiking and camping. <laughs> and part of me, part of me feels a little ashamed because I'm like camping and hiking is not a personality trait that I share. Mm -hmm. um, it's not even an activity I particularly enjoy doing. I've actually got some funny stories I won't share on camera about, <clears throat> about that. Um, but the, uh, it's, you get to make the choice how important and central to your identity your hobbies and activities are. Yeah. And if they're super important and central, I I personally, my recommendation is meet people through those activities yeah. then. Well, no, so someone in, in chat earlier, I, I missed your name, I'm sorry, asked like, is it terrible that I have must-love uh, TTRPGs in my I bio? I think that was Robo. Yeah, uh, well, it, it it's not terrible. Like if that is important to you, okay, cool, D uh, do that. And 
Uh, oh, that was uh, Adventures of Tony. That was uh, Adventures of Tony. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's not terrible. That's important to you. You want to find someone that does that. Like, I absolutely lucked out uh, with my wife because we did not talk about that uh, when we first met. And then uh, one day I had to go to work and she was over at my house and I was, and she, I was like, hey, um, I just got to go to work real quick. Um, do you want to? play mass effect and she's like i've never i don't know what that is here and she i put a control on her head and she ha i i didn't know this but she hadn't played games before but i came back a few hours later and she was still there playing mass effect and fell in love with it that day and so then we had that connection of like we just we talked about mass effect for days after that and um it was just a conversation piece that hadn't come up and it turned out it was like oh this is something we both have a really big passion about and games have always been big for us and we've shared that uh love since we just happened to luck out with that <laughs> yeah you did and that is such a wonderful story um for me and eric we were really coming from different places in that i hadn't actually i loved games i grew up playing them but i hadn't really um, gotten into video games at all for example when we got together um and then one winter um, when we had a great deal of snow in Victoria and we had uh, the Super Mario N64. <laughs> and if any of you have played that snowman level, you know exactly what I'm talking oh. about. Slide, slip sliding away. Hell on and, earth. Um, and we had <laughs> there was the big dump because it was a lot of snow for our little city and no one was going anywhere. And we spent hours <laughs> doing that snowman slide together and feeling equal frustration. And he was, of course, better at generally managing controllers and so on than I was at that point. But we had so much fun. And I think that the, the joy of that has really been one of the places where we sort of met in terms of video games. And then of course, we grew into playing board games together. So you definitely can grow into games together, whatever your starting point. And we are a family that of course has raised our kids in this world of games. And I feel very privileged for that. But uh, if, if it's an agenda for one person um, that's going to put a lot of pressure on the other person. If it's just a kind of a hope and it's present and it's part of your life, that's that's usually a great way for it to begin. Mm -hmm. um, with you just kind of engaging with your partner and seeing what is it that they love, what are they interested in? And sometimes the skin of the game makes a huge difference. I grew up reading fantasy and loving fantasy. And so of course was immediately drawn to games that drew upon that in some way without really thinking much about the mechanics of the game. But that's okay. Mm -hmm. Things that we are drawn to and that inspire us are a great place to start. Yep. Yeah, if it's really important to you and it's a big part of your world, yeah, find someone who plays games. You'll yep. be happier and so will they. Mm -hmm. So, Or just thinking about this really briefly, because I know we've got to start wrapping yep. up. Um, mm -hmm. Trevor's got that look. <laughs> I got um, the itchy trigger finger to turn off the stream. <laughs> but the... Um, there's a there's a psychologist that Mitra and I are both a fan of uh, named Lev Vygotsky who talked about uh, both zone uh, basically how people learn as they develop, and one of the things he talked about is scaffolding, basically teaching people how to play games. And if you look at any good video game, they scaffold, they slowly introduce you into how complicated the situation is. Okay, um, and. I would challenge you that if you're bringing somebody into a hobby, regardless of the hobby, for the very first time, think about it in incremental steps. Yeah. Because otherwise, there's too much information to manage. It's too overwhelming. And they're going to crash and burn mm -hmm. and not want to do it again. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, 100%. because doing anything new in front of an audience when you feel like you have to succeed, particularly if your audience knows that environment or that game really well, it's pretty terrifying. Mm -hmm. It's like doing an exam or something. So you want you want to start with the tutorial. Yeah. Yep. You know, then you want to do level one. You know, you get the idea. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that is a good place for us to uh, uh, end today's discussion. Uh, Mitra, Dr. B, where can people find you on social medias if they would like to do so? I am at Mitra Jordan. I am also at MitraJordan.com. Mm -hmm. Pretty easy to find. Um, and I will respond if you contact me on Twitter or through my website. I am not everywhere like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm easy to find. <laughs> yeah, I'm around. Yeah, he's everywhere. Uh, you can find me at most things uh, at the Doctor B. That and you can see that below. That's T H E E D O C T O R B as in boy. Uh, and I am I am here on Twitch on my own channel four times a week. I am at TakeThis.org. You can also make sure to follow Take This Org on all the socials. Uh, but yeah, I'm 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 around. <laughs> Um, I did want to say real quick before doing my bit of the outro uh, to uh, D. Robert uh, L. I think that's what he said. Uh, they asked a question about uh, partner being addicted to the games. I recommend going back and checking out some of our previous episodes about such things. Uh, but you can find me uh, on uh, far too many podcasts, which you can find on my Twitter account at the Trevor. There's an A hiding in there. Uh, you as well as finding me on Champions of Lore every uh, Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, except for this week. No episode tomorrow next week uh and uh yeah thank you to jay and mars for uh moderating in the chat today uh and uh, uh you're both doing a great job and thank you to Cody Aim entertainment and take this for giving us an opportunity to have these discussions uh if you missed any part of this show you can listen to it later it's probably gonna be later than 2 p.m today gotta take a lunch uh but <laughs> it will be up later today on your favorite podcast services and if you have any suggestions for future topics send them into champions of psychology at codenameentertainment.com um, if you're live with us right now, stick around. Bardic Inspiration is going to start in a few minutes, and Jerry Holkins is going to be there, and they're going to do a song about Omen Drawn. Acquisitions Incorporated, Acquisitions Incorporated oh. CEO. So uh, hang around for that. But until next week for this show, take care of yourself. Champions of Psychology is meant as education and entertainment. It is not a substitute for medical advice or professional counseling. Discussion of mental health topics will be primarily rooted in research and the personal experiences and self-disclosures of the hosts. While we can provide generalized education and possible mental health resources, we cannot offer any recommendations, advice, or opinions for any specific persons, cases, or situations. We provide these resources and links at our sole discretion, but have not necessarily vetted or reviewed any resource. We assume no liability for the use of the information or resources on these sites, and we encourage you to use your own best judgment.